You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so tonight, Be'ezer Sashem, we're going to be continuing with the series of Shirim on the teachings of Ravitch Meyer Morgenstern Shlita. Now, tonight's Shir is going to be titled, Constant Pleasure is Not Pleasure, based on the Hebrew pitgam, based on the Hebrew statement attributed to the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh, Tainug Tamidi Eno Tainug, that perpetual or constant pleasure loses the name of pleasure. Now, it's important to keep in mind last week's shear in order to understand the move that Ravitchemeyer is going to make with this expression of the same teaching. Because like we said throughout all of the shirim, everything in my humble opinion and according to my own limited understanding of what Ravitchemeyer Morgenstern is coming to say through his students and through his Svarim HaKadoshim, in my own heart's understanding, Ravitchemeyer is saying a million different things that are all moving towards a singular idea. That all of the particularized pratim, all of the differentiated ways and all of the different makoros through the mindset of Bina, which sees separation that Ravitchemeyer is utilizing to show his entire grasp of the entirety of Torah, is all coming to bring out one singular idea. So that no matter which prat your oche is in, no matter which particular aspect of the system of Ravitchemeyer and his understanding of Pnimiya Satora that a person grasps, the Pnimiya Sadvarim, the Razin de Razin, in the secret within the secrets of Torah that he is disclosing, what a person comes upon is a singular truth. And that idea that we've been discussing already since really the first year with regards to the Sadik smile and the laughter of the Sadik, especially in the second year when we discussed Ravichemeyer's Mahalach in Talmud Torah, which is to enter into the space of Bina. Bina, again, is that space of differentiation, that space of fragmentation that sees many different opinions in distinction and in Machlekas with one another. Then from that space of Bina, a person moves up to the space of Chachma, which is the right brain, which sees all of those particularized points as one whole picture. But when a person, like we said, looks at the world from a perspective of Chachma, what they're forced to do is they're forced to speak away or deny the rich Machlekas that takes place from the perspective of Bina. Because in the space of Bina, differentiation is possible and it abides there. When a person enters into the space of Chachma, there's a yichud there, there's unity, and all differentiation falls away. Now, like we said, Bina has an elevated status over Chachma, the same way that Chachma has an elevated status over Bina. 
because Bina is capable of recognizing the multiple ideas and expressions, but it's rooted in a space of differentiation and machlokas. Chachma, on the other hand, only sees yichud and there's no machlokas, and that unity is powerful, but what you lose when you operate from a space of chachma is the fact that there are multiple layers engaging to create a beautiful truth. It's only at the level of keser, where these two contradictory or almost paradoxical modes of experience and modes of existence of Bina and Chachma, that the two of them dance together to give birth to a picture that is greater than the sum total of its parts. So like we said, learning Torah through the level of Keser, where Bina and Chachma are unified, is that a person is allowed to look at all of the differences of opinion, to look at all of the pratiyut and all of the distinctions and fragmentation that lead to the sense of machlokas and frustration and darkness and yegiya and effort that it takes to engage that space, as well as holding on the other hand that unified vision of chachma, which is bederech menucha, which is a peaceful glance at the world, which doesn't see machlokas, and to take both of those contradictory states of mind and to elevate them to the space of keser, where they interact simultaneously. So that at the level of keser, there's a riboy hapratim. There's a multiplicity of particularity. There's multiple voices, each one saying something different. But it's in conjunction and in connection with that unified vision of Chachma, so that at the level of Keser, all of the differences, all of the particularizations, all of the prate pratim, give birth to a klal that is greater than the sum total of its parts. So that the machloka stays in its place, but the machloka allows that unity of Chachma to become even greater. And then we moved on to the third shear where we saw how this is not only the derech through which Rav Morgenstern Morgenstern Shlita learns the Torah, but it's also the crowning jewel of what Rav Morgenstern Morgenstern sees through the writings of our Mekubalim and Pnimiya Satora as the purpose of creation. Because like we spoke about last week with regards to the Tosefes Kishut, with regards to the additional adornment that we bring about into the Yichud through difference, that the purpose of the creation of the world is specifically to descend and fall away from that original unity, to fall away from that original infinite light, that or ein sof, that saturated everything prior to creation, where there was no distinction. In order to descend into a place of darkness through the tzimtzum, in order to descend into a place of separation and our worldly experience, only for the purpose of engaging our worldly experience engaging that space of brokenness and taking it back up to that space of yichud through our own avoida to show that not only is HaKadosh Baruch Hu infinite prior to the creation of the world, not only can HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveal himself in a unified whole at the level of Chachma, at the level of prior to creation, but rather we take the level of Bina, we take the level of fragmentation and differentiation, and we show that that also bespeaks the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that by the end of creation, after that which was reverts back to that which was in the past, we come armed with an additional adornment of Tosefes Kishet that shows not only could HaKadosh Baruch Hu be found in the Yichud of Chachma that sees no machlokas and no darkness, 
But HaKadosh Baruch Hu could be found specifically in the space of Bina as well, in that space of fragmentation and difficulty as it applies to each and every individual in their own particular level. And through that, we bring about a Tosefes Kishut. We show that infinity is even more infinite than it was at the beginning of creation. Because before creation, infinity was only infinite. Through creation, infinity enters into a space of finitude. The built gvul, the unlimited, descends into a space of limitation of gvul. And then when the gvul goes back to the built gvul, when limitation shows that it's also rooted in the space of the unlimited, what we do is we add an additional adornment, we crown an additional jewel to that original perfection in showing that that original perfection can become even more perfect. Because that shleimus that happened before creation now goes through the chisarun of creation, it descends through the lack of creation, and each neshama understands what it means to confront that lack. And when we take that lack, and when we recognize that even that lack bespeaks the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what we're showing is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is even greater than we originally conceived. Because now not only does God manifest himself in perfection, but God manifests himself within limitation as well. And it's specifically through this limitation that gives birth to the additional adornment. Now, what we're going to be looking at this week is how this idea that Ravitchemeyer Morgenstern places at the apex of his ontological system, as with regards to the creation of the world and the order of Hishtalshalus, from that infinite light down to the lowest recesses of creation, what we're going to see is how it applies to the human experience as well. Now, Rav Shmuel Ehrenfeld Shlita, one of the Tamide Muvhakim of Rav Shemayr, Rav Shemayr's scribe, so to speak, who, what I've been told from different Hasidim and different students that I've been Zoha to be in contact with, it's difficult for me to get a full grasp of who Rav Shmuel Ehrenfeld is, because technically his svarim are written anonymously. He didn't want his name there. There's a, there's a righteous individual who happens to live in St. Louis who learns the svarim of Rav Shemayr. And he told me that when he went to Yerushalayim to buy the new svarim that Rav Shmuel Ehrenfeld finally published on Hakdamas Rechova Sanar from the Rashash called Ketzei Sashemesh, right now we've been zocha to about three volumes of them, and I believe that the idea is to have at least 26 volumes of them. Now, it's important to understand that these 26 volumes are a commentary on a nine-page mimer, a nine-page hakdama from the Rashash, Rav Shalom Sharabi, something that Be'ezra Hashem, Hashem should be with us throughout all of this, that we should be zoicha to give shirim on the Rashash as well, and to show the, the chiddush that Rav Morgan Morgenstern and Rav Shmuel Ehrenfeld, through his Rebbe, brought into the Torah of the Rashash. And this righteous individual went to Rav Shmuel Ehrenfeld to buy the svarim. And not only did Rav Shmuel Ehrenfeld give him the svarim for whatever amount of money that the individual had in his pocket at the time, almost as if the concept of monetary value for the svarim was non-existent because we're dealing with Torah, this individual asked a question of some sort with regards to a particular aspect of his life. And what this righteous individual in St. Louis told me was that the reaction of Rav Shmuel Ehrenfeld was almost violent. It was almost as if, how dare you come and think that you can ask me a question? What, what purpose in the world would you ask me a question for when there's the tzaddik who's sitting in Rehov Oale Yosef? That this is a, a Talmud Mufak who, in any other base medrash, would be considered, would be considered the Roish HaRoishim, the Keser HaKsarim. 
And Rav Shmuel Ehrenfeld could not even understand how somebody could possibly conceive of asking him a question or Eitzah because Rav Itchemeyer is around. And another Talmud has told me that they had to go to the house of Rav Itchemeyer, the apartment of Rav Itchemeyer, at 3.30 a.m. for something before leaving Eretz Yisrael. And there Rav Itchemeyer is sitting and learning with Rav Shmuel Ehrenfeld, who should live and be well till 120 along with his Rebbe Rav Itchemeyer Morgenstern. Now, so we're dealing with Gewaldika Gedolim here. And what Shmuel Ehrenfeld says is that this concept that Rav Itchemeyer brings out so often, that the purpose of creation is to be Megala, this Tisepes Kishut, that the fundamental purpose of creation is so that infinity can force itself into a space of finitude, so that the Ein Sof can force itself into a space of Sofiyut, of measurement, of Gvul, so that at the end of the day, that Gvul and that Sofiyut and all of the suffering that's associated with that will itself be nishapich to reveal a greater light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that not only does that apply to the original Ratzon Kavyachal that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had before the creation of the world, but this is also the fundamental animating factor of what it means to be an Eved Hashem, Alpi this derech. That the same model that we see, or that we saw last week in the Shir on the Tosef Kishut which describes the purpose and the vehicle through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Megala himself, from nothingness into something so that the something can revert back to nothing, disclosing that the nothing is even greater than we original conceived, is also the psychological mode of Avoidas Hashem, that each and every individual has to be able to see this in their own particular experience as well. And the question of tonight's year is going to be, how do we feel this? How do we find this within Avoidas Hashem? And the title is going to be the answer. The title of the shir, which is the teaching of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh, which is Tainug Tamidi Eno Tainug. That perpetual pleasure, that pleasure that knows no distinction, that pleasure that doesn't have anything pushing against it or fighting against it, becomes boring. It loses its sense of pleasure. And that's, Bezras Hashem, what we're going to show in this week's shir, what we're going to try and show through my own particular understanding in this week's shir. Now, in order to move forward, we have to move backwards. Because like I said, we're not saying anything new. We're reiterating the same point, but in a new way of iteration. And quite frankly, if it was up to me, I could continue giving shir on Ravitchemeyer until the end of time. We're talking about 30,000 plus writings, 30,000 plus pages of writings, where I believe Rav Itchemeyer is saying the same Nekuda HaKolelas. Like we said, Kol HaTorah Kula Hu Inyan Achas. So Be'ezra Sashem, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should be with us, and that the Tzadikim should be with us, that we should continue being able to teach these Torahs, but they're Achein V'chesed. We spoke about the Derech of Bina. Bina is the space of separation. Bina is the space of fragmentation. Bina is the space of limitation. Bina is the space of machlokas and particularity, where the whole is shattered and it disseminates itself into an infinite amount of points, down to the most irreducible particular. Ravitch likes to use a lashon that he draws from the Leshem Shlev Achleima, as well as the Bal Hasadeh in his parish Efa Shleima on Oitzrus Chaim from the Arizal that the particularity of Bina, that fragmentation and separateness and distinction and distortion and darkness and concealment and suffering and simsum and all of the particular things that we go through as individuals, 
goes all the way down to something that the tzaddikim referred to as haprat hayoter mefurat sheyachol leparet, the most particularized particular that it is possible of particularizing, to the lowest possible conceivable concept where the system of unity is still apparent. That's what we're talking about. And again, because Rav is rooted so deeply in Rabbi Nachman, it's important to state that the OCOs that speak to each and every one of us, what that means is any place that an individual falls, any place that an individual finds themselves, any space of concealment and difficulty and darkness and pain and suffering, to the point that a person screams out like Yitzchak Avinu by the Akedah last week, Aye, Aye Hasal Oila, Aye Mekayim Kavodo. From that palace of impurity that Rabbi Nachman speaks so powerfully about in the 12th teaching in the second volume of Lakute Maharan. That is the space of Bina. That is the space of fragmentation. That is the space of Alma de Shikra, of this world of lies. And this is the space of what the Tzadikim, what the Arizal, what the Balshemtov and Ravichemeyer describe as the space of Ani, the space of the self, the space of individualized sense of existence where a person senses themselves and they feel that my existence is devoid of Kedusha, that I'm separate and apart by the unifying light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. As if Ki'ilu, I can find myself removed from Hashem, Chas V'Shalom, removed from Metachlis. Ish Lefi Mahalalo, each person understands what this means in their own heart. And this is the space of Bina, this is the space of creation. And then there's the level of Chachma. The level of Chachma is the level of Ayin, of nothingness. Now it's important to understand that like the Maghreb Mezrich teaches the Jewish people more than any tzaddik before him or after him, that it's a capital N. The nothingness, the Ayin of Chachma, the Ayin of the world of Atzilus in contradistinction to the somethingness and the egoism of the worlds of separation of Bria, Yitzir, and Asiya, is a capital N nothingness. From nothing my salvation shall come. Nothingness of Chachma represents that sense of unity, where everything bespeaks the same wholeness. When a person is capable of removing themselves, elevating themselves out of that fragmentation of Bina, elevating themselves out of that broken state, that concealment of Bina, wherein we feel that we're our own individualized existence, devoid of any enlightenment or unifying light of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Ki'ilu, that the day-to-day experiences that each and every one of us have wherein we question the existence of God on the level of Bina, when we elevate it back to a place of Chachma, B'chachma Ispariru, like the Idra Kadisha says. At the level of Chachma, everything is clarified. There's unity, there's wholeness. There's Ayin, there's nothingness. And what the Arizal points out and what the Baal Shem Tov points out and what Ravichemeyer points out and is what his Talmidim point out is that the word ayin and the word ani, the word ani or self or egoism or separateness, Aleph Nun Yud, is the same osios as the word ayin, as nothing, as that capital N nothingness, that nothingness that is not a negation, God forbid, not a nihilistic renunciation of existence wherein a person says nothing matters, nothing bothers me but rather a capital N nothingness that says that, yes, the world exists, but there's a nothingness that unifies it all. The nothingness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that ayin of Chachma, that's so lofty that when I look at it, all I can see is nothing. 
Because the moment that I'm able to put things in words, the moment I'm able to put things into particularized letters and separateness, I'm already at a level of Bina again. I'm already stuck in a level of fragmentation. So like we saw in the second shear and in the third shear, there's a conflict between the level of Bina and the level of Chachma. The level of Ani, the level of egoism, the level of effort, the level of concealment, and the level of Ayin, the level of Menucha, the level of comfort, the level of unity. Now, when a person looks at the world from a perspective of Chachma, when a person looks at the world as it was prior to the creation of the world, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu's infinity was revealed and there was no distinction, that was the level of Chachma. That was the level of the infinite light annihilating any possibility of difference. That's the level of Tanug. That's the level of pleasure. The level where a person feels that in comforting waters I'm going to be guided. That's the space of Shabbos. That's the space where where a person has to see to it as if there's nothing that needs to be fixed. Everything is perfect. That's the level of Eretz Yisrael. That's the level of being in Eretz Yisrael where when a person walks, the air is machkim. The air brings wisdom. There's a sense of the nothingness where there's tainug, where there's pleasure, where there's no distortion, where there's no anxiety, where there's no difficulty, where there's no conception of hate or transgression or falling, where there's no distinction or questioning or doubt. And on the level of bina, it's the opposite of tainug. The level of bina is the polar opposite of pleasure. The level of bina is yagiya. It's effort. It's the willingness of an individual to enter into the palaces of impurity, where we confront things that speak the absolute opposite of Kedusha, where we confront concealment and anxiety and worry, worry about parnasa and doubts in faith, and worry about relationships and the possibility of transgression, the worlds of separation, of shvira, where things are shattered and scattered and fragmented, where a person can no longer even believe that there's a unifying whole around. And so on the level of chachma, on the level of ayin, on the level of nothingness, on the level of the world of atzilus, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself in his fullness, kavyachol, there's tainug, there's pleasure, there's comfort. There's the ability to move forward without any distinction, without any difficulty. And on the level of Bina, it's Yagiya, it's effort, it's the six days of the week where we toil, where we struggle for Amuna. Nasavanatan Amuna, where a person falls into doubts and has to force themselves back into a state of belief. And then they fall backwards into a state of doubt, and then they have to elevate themselves back up to a space of belief. And these two states are contradictory to one another. Bina speaks the opposite of Tainug, and Chochma speaks Tainug. Bina is the space of suffering and difficulty, and Chochma is the space of calmness of spirit. For Ravichemeyer, and he shows this explicitly in our Tzadikim, it's not enough to live at a level of Chochma. It's not enough to allow the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu at the level of Ayin, at the level of nothingness, to exist as is. Because if that was enough, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu would have never needed to create the world, like we said last week. 
prior to the creation of concealments, prior to the creation of the six days of the week, prior to the creation of all manners of difficulty and anxiety, or ain't sof hayapashut b'chol ha'olam, the infinite, the light of infinitude, the light of God, kavyachol, animated everything. There was no room for concealment. The decision of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kavyachot to reveal himself within concealment was so that we can descend into the space of Bina, was so that we can fall away from that space of constant tainug, of perpetual pleasure that doesn't know any distortion or any distinction and doesn't have anything fighting against it. The purpose of creation was to enter into a space where it was the opposite of tainug, where it was the opposite of comfort, where it was the opposite of clarity, where it was the opposite of faith. And the purpose for this is like we said last week, except now we're speaking on a psychological level, is so that the individual can descend into a space of non-pleasure, so that the individual is forced to engage in a space that feels painful, of tsar, of yegiya, of effort and toil and concealment and lack and anxiety and questions of faith, and dealing with the Sahara. Because once we enter into that space, once we enter into that battlefield, that Nefesh HaBahamis of Bina, of creation, what we find is that we're confronted with Bechira. We're confronted with the ability of engaging with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a real way, of engaging with Avoidah, of forcing ourselves to do things that we don't even agree with, of forcing ourselves to overcome ourselves, of forcing ourselves to live in a world without the natural comfort of Chachma, without that natural mode of comfort and, and sustenance and pleasure that comes from the world of Chachma. We descend into a world of difficulty, and the purpose of entering into this world of difficulty, the purpose of entering into the space of bilti tainug, of not having tainug, is to take that space and elevate it back up to the space of tainug. To take that absence of pleasure, to take the opposite of pleasure, to take that which speaks against pleasure, and force it back into the realm of pleasure, and force it back into that space where everything was unified. Because when a person takes that space of suffering, when a person takes that space of ani, of egoism, of self, of difficulty, and elevates it back up to that space of nothingness, where the ego is nullified, where we come to recognize that we are not independent creatures, that we exist within the wholeness of Chachma, what we now do is we create simultaneously the balancing paradox of bilti tainug, of the opposite of pleasure, of the negation of pleasure and the difficulty and the tsar of Bina, along, on the other hand, with the pleasure and the menucha of Chachma. And as Rav shows us so powerfully in so many places, this simultaneity, this bivas achas, this at the same time, the possibility of two oppositional postulations to exist simultaneously at the exact same time, that is the secret of Kesser. That is the secret of how we move even further beyond Chachma. Because like we said, Chachma is only pleasure. Chachma has no room whatsoever for the opposite of pleasure. 
Chachma is the tzaddik that has no room for the Balchuva. Chachma is the recovering individual that can't ever understand addiction. But when we descend into the space of Bina, we descend into the space of difficulty and the opposite of Chachma, we force Chachma to now confront the fact that there is an opposite in the world. That the nothingness of the Kaddish Baruch Hu is rivaled by the somethingness of who we are. That the nothingness, the ayin of the world of Atzilus, of Chachma, is in stark contradiction to the yesh, to the somethingness of the world of Bina and the ego. And when a person descends into that space of ego and difficulty and is capable of revealing HaKadosh Baruch Hu there as well, what we do is we take those vehicles, we take those kalim, we take those aspects of concealment and we bring them back up to the space of Chachma. We bring them back up to the space of the nullification of concealment to the point that we elevate ourselves back to a place even higher than Chachma. We come to the place of Keser. And in the place of Keser, Avichamayar tells us thousands of times, quite literally, Bali Guzma. Ravichamayar tells us that at the level of Keser, Ain and Yesh are not contradictory to one another. They dance in a paradoxical dance where their differences uphold one another. That at the level of Keser, the Tainug, the pleasure that a person experiences on the level of Chachma, on the level of nothing, and the pain and the difficulty that a person experiences on the level of Bina and the level of something, join together in a paradoxical way that both of them create this impossible unity that allows for pleasure to be emboldened by the absence of pleasure, that allows for unity to be emboldened by difference, that allows mitzvos to be emboldened by the opposite of mitzvos, that allows emunah to be emboldened by the opposite of emunah, that allows tainug and this utter sense of joy within the conception of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in the world to grow even deeper and larger specifically through the possibility of the concealment of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That the tainug of Chachma and the bilti tainug and the absence of tainug of the level of Bina join together and dance to create what Rav describes and I have to read it inside because otherwise you wouldn't believe the Lashon. This is from De'e Chachma L'Navshecha, the Shalashudas Drashos that Rav Morgenstern gave in the year 2004. In Parshas Vayigash, Rav writes as follows, Dehu goyrem hizchadshus b'bechinas habilti gvul, that the descent into gvul, the descent into bina, the descent into concealment, causes a novelty, causes a hizchadshus, causes a, reno, a, a renowned novelty within the space of the Bilti Gvul, within the space of the unlimited. That not only do we grasp the perpetual and constant pleasure of the revelation of Akadush Baruch Hu at the space of Chachma, which is unlimited. We're able to reveal the non-perpetual tainug, the tsar, the yagiyah of bina, umeir tsoid ha tainug, and the joy of pleasure, and the joy of chachma, and the joy of nothing, and the joy of ayin, reveals itself within the tainug hatmidi. 
that we take the non-perpetual tainug, we take the tsar, we take the darkness, we take the pain, we take the mesiris nefesh, we take that ability to abide within concealment, and we force it into the space of clarity and unity so that unity will be emboldened and it will be in, adorned and it will become even greater than it was beforehand. This simultaneity, this bavas achas, this impossible paradox where what Ravichamayr describes is the ability for a Jew to feel two opposite things at once, not one after the other, not gradually where one level leads to the next, but rather both at the same time. The level of bina is ani, is egoism, is self, is distinction. The level of chachma is the level of ayin, of nothingness, of negation, of tainug, of pure pleasure. The level of keser is the both of them operating in simultane- simultaneous experience, bavas achas, two paradoxical postulations that continue to animate one another and dance together, each upholding one another. So that somebody who operates at the level of keser, which is what Ravichamayar is coming to show us how to do. Ravichamayar's entire system of Torah is coming to teach us what it means to operate at the level of keser. It means that the difficulties that we feel, the pain that we feel, the forlornness that we feel, the chutzla that we feel, the concealment and the sveikos and the anxiety and the addiction and all the different iterations of what it means to be an individual who lives in the space of limitation, not only does it not negate the pleasure of Chachma, not only does it not negate or deny the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but rather it emboldens and it enlargens the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because we come to realize at the level of Keser that somehow, some way, even when we're in a state of non-pleasure, even when we're in a state of pain, even when we're in a state of Hester, that itself is one of the deepest revelations of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That without that, without that descent into Bina, without that descent into the world of Bilti Tainug, of not having Tainug, of Tsar, of Yigiya, the Tainug on the level of Chachma, that perpetual pleasure that knows no distortion or no distinction, that knows no opposition to itself, would grow tired, would become nothing, would begin to feel just natural and normal without any emphasis on the neshama. It's specifically this movement, this tnua, this ability to move from one place to another that is dependent upon the distinction on the level of bina, that gives movement and the ability of growth to the level of chachma, to the level of nothing, so that we can elevate ourselves back to that space of keser, where ain and ani, where nothingness and the ego operate in unison, where nothingness and the ego give birth to one another, where each moment, the more I feel myself, the more I feel lost, the more I feel pain, the more I feel difficulty, the next moment I have the ability to recognize that that difficulty is nullified in the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And then in that space of the nullification in the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I elevate myself back up to another level where I fear pain again. And then once I feel that pain again, I'm able to revert back to that space of nothingness. So that that Tainu Katamidi, that perpetual pleasure on the level of Chachma, 
where I identify everything as a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and all of my anxieties are nullified in their root, because kulam chachma is bariru, because everything is fixed at the level of chachma, is emboldened and is forced to magnify itself and grow even larger because I'm now bringing with it the pain and the difficulty of the awareness of Bina. So that the yeshus of the world, the somethingness of the world, the creation of the worlds of separation become the vehicle which forces the space of nothingness in the world of Atsilas to reveal an even deeper level of Kedusha, which is the level of Keser, where Tainug and Bilti Tainug animate one another, where the absence of pleasure and the presence of pleasure work in unison to the extent that on a practical level, and here again I need to iterate that this is my own particular understanding of how Ravitchermeyer's Torah can be applied in a way and weaponized in a way for our particular generation, or forget our particular generation for myself, that Ravitchermeyer Morgenstern's Torah can be weaponized into a therapeutic tool of being metaking the nefesh, of fixing the soul in the space of 2019. Because the natural state of an individual at this point in time is the space of Bina, the space of separation, the space of Ani, of somethingness, of difficulty, of concealment, of Hastara. And the typical mode of engaging with Hastara and Kedusha, the typical mode of dealing with concealment and darkness in one's life from the perspective of even the Torah, has typically been conveyed to us that that difficulty needs to be negated, it needs to be overcome, a person has to be koifed, a person has to repress it or suppress it. At which point, not only are we unhealthy to ourselves, but we lose the powerful vehicles which those experiences give us in the avoid of spirituality. A tzaddik like Rav Morgan Morgenstern, and he's not alone in this, but in my humble opinion, at least in this stage of my experience, he's unique in the way he expresses it, it's those difficulties, it's that gvul, it's that limitation, it's that confrontation with what it means to be a human being who lives in a world that is difficult and dark at times, that is painful, where taiva overrides the desire to overcome taiva, where Yitzhahara overcomes the concept of the Yitzhah Tov, where Choyshech is irvulvia with or, that Amadisveka that we spoke about in the Shirim on Ishbitz and Radzin, that Hargasha, that mut, that that would have been the hepach of everything I'm trying to ever say. That that sense that it would have been easier, it would have been more pleasant not to have been created. To take that space and to force it to be megale, an even deeper level of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. That what I'm saying is that this mahalach of this process of taking that, the opposite of Tainug, the negation of pleasure, difficulty, concealment, darkness, all of the associative terms that we can utilize, and they're infinite. And taking them and not just negating them, not just repressing them, but allowing them to serve as vehicles which move through the negation, the nothingness, that unity of Chachma, and beyond it, elevating itself back to a higher place of Keser, where the Ain and the Ani operate in unison where my egoism, where my difficulties, where my pain, where my concealment, where my difficult processes, not only do not negate Kedusha, but they give Kedusha a seat to sit upon. They give Kedusha the ability to reveal itself in an even greater way. Because prior to the creation of the world, there was only Chachma. 
There was only nothing. There was only Tainug. There was only Orain Sof. After the creation of the world, there was a descent into darkness, a descent into, a descent into Tsar, into Yegiyah, into Prate Pratyut. And the purpose of creation is to move through Bina specifically, through the space of separation, back to the space of unification of Chachma, to an even higher place where we show HaKadosh Baruch Hu and we show ourselves that it's specifically in our own limitations, in our own difficulty, in our own pain, in our own darkness, that we're capable of becoming vehicles that disclose the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in an even greater way. And at that space of Keser, at that space of Ain and Ani working together, that space where Bilti Tainug, the opposite of pleasure, works in unison with pleasure, works in unison with Chachma, works in unison with that perpetual pleasure, they both dance together to create this paradoxical space of being in pain and being in pleasure at once, where pain becomes pleasure and pleasure becomes pain, where nothing becomes something and something becomes nothing, where our difficult times during the week become Shabbos and the pleasure of Shabbos becomes the week, where difference reveals unity and unity reveals difference. And the question that we're going to discuss next week, Bezra Hashem, based on this year, is... What happens when we reach that level? What happens when a person is capable of recognizing that all of our difficulties are in truth only bespeaking a higher level of unity? Have we reached the apex? Have we reached the tachlis of creation? Are we done at this point? Are we able to say to ourselves that gamarti, I have finished? And what we're going to see that Rav Itchemeyer, based on the teachings of his Rebbe Rav Moshe Shatz, based on the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov and the Arizal, and the Sfarim of, of Chabad and Breslov, and the Sfarim of Rabbeinu Azriel of Gerona, and the Sfarim of the Zoyher and of Talmud Shabal Peh, and Tanakh, and the Torah HaKadosha, that Kola Torah Kuluhu Inyanachas, is that we're going to see, primarily based on the Rashash, that there's never an end to the system. That when we come to a level of Kesar, when we come to a level of the unity between something and nothing, of pleasure and non-pleasure, we simply reach the ceiling of the level that we're at, revealing the floor of a higher level. What Rav is going to refer to as the Seid Ha'erchen, the secret of relativity, which is so deeply based on the teachings of the Rashash. And Be'ezus Hashem, we're going to see how the process that Rav is disclosing to us is infinite to the point that a person has to engage this at every moment of their lives, dragging and forcing that sabrachenkeit, the brokenness of Bina, the Yegiya of Bina, the Tsar of Bina, the differentiation of Bina, the Prate Pratyus of Bina, forcing it to join the dance of Chachma and Ayin and nothingness, to join the dance of Tainug, only to reveal that even higher than Chachma, there's a level of Keser, where the Ain, the nothingness, and the Ani, the ego, do not contradict one another, but rather they dance together in a paradoxical way that discloses the greatness of the Tesefes Kishut. That without having been created, we would have never had the ability to show that the concealment of creation bespeaks the unity of God before creation as deeply as God before creation. Which is when we become the vehicles that reveal the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Be'ezrus Hashem, we're going to continue next week with the shir on, on 
Klale HaErchen and the Soid HaErchen and the writings of Ravitchemeyer and Bezos Hashem were going con- to continue being Mazbir, the singular point which I believe in my humble opinion is what Ravitchemeyer Morgenstern, at least until now in the 30,000 plus pages of his Torah, is coming to teach our generation. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.